0: The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and
1: Jack Hardim.
0: Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome, show about money. Boys and girls, brothers and sisters, I hope you're well. Yeah, Wolfgang Klein here, portfolio manager, wealth creator. Some people refer to me as a rainmaker. That's really what we are, uh, rainmakers. Uh, As long as you're willing to, well, get out with an umbrella and, yeah, walk in the rain. Walking in the rain. Who did that song? It's a classic. We're going to be playing some classics for you, too, by the way. Got some great tunes lined up for the show. Um... Yeah, we are going to be speaking with uh, Lara Borbadaukis. She is our wealth and estate planning specialist. Uh, planning is very, very important. Um, spending some time on Netflix, as I always do, I love Netflix. And at uh, some point, you have to reload the trade with that stock. It's a great company. Um, but uh, I picked up the uh, show on uh, the Williams sisters, uh, Serena Williams and Venus Williams. What a fabulous movie that is. And uh, as dad's practicing with uh, his girls in the court he puts up a big sign on the one end actually usually right behind him because he's pitching balls at them and they're they're returning them and the sign reads if you fail to plan you plan to fail, and uh, coming into the studio, Jack uh, said, uh, "We're going to have to ask Laura um, why so many financial plans do not work." So that's a little question for you, Laura. I want you to think about that. Don't come in yet. To think about that. Why financial plans fail? But uh, I am all about compounding, my good friends. I'm all about trying to help all of you become wealthy. Look, if you're wealthy, you can hang with us. Uh, we can certainly help you if you are wealthy. But most people. You know who care who are listening to the show right now i believe want to become wealthy or want to become wealthier and uh, again if you're retired you have to manage the market and the market's a little better on you that interest rates are higher but prices are rising so you have to manage your spending while you're working yes you have to manage your spending actually so much so that you have to remember to pay yourself first um Mr. Chilton got that right. I believe that was his name, Chilton, uh, from the wealthy Barbara, pay yourself first. 10% was his number. I, I, I believe a lot more. Uh, if you, you know, my daughter right now, a uh, little summer job, and she was able to put away half of her paycheck. Again, everything's paid for by mom and dad, uh, except for her frappuccinos and bubble tea. But uh, so she was able to save, uh, she got four paychecks and put half aside. And I said, I'm going to match it for you and we're going to invest it for you and you're going to leave it alone. It's going to grow for you. Uh, it is so important, my friends, you got to get started. And to get started, you got to work. Get out of bed, go to work, and earn some money. And, you know, if you work eight hours, why not save two of those hours? For the future spend six and save two so instead of dollars and cents why don't we talk about saving hours all right you get paid x amount per hour at least save one one of eight is about 12%, so it's better than uh, Mr. Chilton. But I think if you're staying at home, you should be able to save four of those dollars. And I spoke to a good friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name on the radio, but he's a plumber. And he's, uh, he said, hey, Wolf, I just uh, he's recently retired. He said, hey, Wolf, I was just going through some old stuff. You know, you retire, you have nothing to do, so you decide to clean out your closet for the first time in 40 years. And that's what he was doing. He said, I just found my first pay stub. When I started working as a plumber, my first paycheck was a $1, $163. 163, he said, and I saved a 100 of it. I said, bingo, and that's why you were able to purchase a house in your late 20s because you began saving at the forestart of, of, of wealth creation. I go back to my good friend's Try to save at least thousand dollars a month. Uh, I think most of you can do that. and I think many of you should do even more than that—twelve um, thousand bucks a month. Uh, make a nine percent return, which is you know it's a broad market return over the course of fifty to seventy years. Just look at the, what the TSX has done since nineteen fifty. Look at the S and P five hundred. Uh, S and P's done about uh, eleven to twelve. Technology stocks have done a little bit better. And the Toronto market's done about nine percent over over a seventy year period. Um, so you go t- after ten years of a thousand dollars a month saving you're at about $182,000 not bad uh, but after 20 years my good friends you're well over you are well over $600,000 and after 30 years bingo you're at one and a half million and at 40 years you're at four million and that's the name of the game uh, that's where you need to strive to get to. And no one's going to take care of you and uh, there's a lot of layoffs going on out there right now and uh, you know if you're older uh, you know a little daunting uh, to be laid off. You know, if you're laid off when you're 30, that's one thing, but being laid off in your mid 50s is not good. But again, if you are laid off in your mid 50s and you took my plan and you were saving since you left school a thousand bucks a month, uh, all right, now you're mid 50s, that would mean about 25 years. You'd be okay, you'd have a million bucks. In the side to protect you for a rainy day. So I cannot stress the importance enough. And Jack wants to get in here. It's good. The importance enough, my friends, you got to start saving as soon as possible. It takes about 25 years for the olives to show on the tree or for the grapes to be able to be harvested nicely. And grapes, obviously, soon. I'm just. Playing with your here. But that's uh, what it takes. 25 years minimum. You go to 40, bingo. Gee whiz, if I live to 100, can you imagine compounding for 100 years, Jack? Yeah, they a- call you Charlie Munger. How old is he? Close to 198 or something. Hey, I wonder when Charlie bought his first stock.
2: I don't know. He's been saving forever. Living beneath his means, 100%.
1: So impo- isn't it, is that not so important, Jack?
2: Absolutely. The the one correction I wanted to say there, Please. Well, you said 12000 a month. It's $1,000 a Sorry, month. Sorry, 12, $12,000 a year. $12,000 a year. Right. Which, again, is it's the forced habit of saving and discipline that people really lack. And you mentioned why financial plans fail so often because people don't have that discipline to spend less than they make and save a little bit for a rainy day.
1: Well, again, uh, Laura, you can pipe in here, Laura because She's our in-house wealth and estate planning specialist. Ooh. Welcome back.
3: And thank you. So, yes, I definitely agree with Jack. Uh, when we put a plan together, we make recommendations on how much that you should be saving, um, and that's really the the key to getting to whatever goal it is that you want to get to. Friends, if,
1: next time if, you're with your, your your financial planning team and your advisor, and you say, "Yes, I'm gonna save twelve grand a year," do it. Do it, which means sign a pack agreement and get set up on a monthly savings plan. Pay yourself first. Have it automatically come out of your account. Uh, you just—that's the way to do it. You must preset the deck because you know something: you're human. You won't do it on your own. If you do, you're going to do it at the end of the year or you're going to be cute. Jack, well, what about the other people who sit on cash during bear markets and then pile in at the peak of bull markets? You're just talking talking yeah, to me well, about that's that.
2: What, that. Typically, that's what investors do. Retail investors sit on cash when things are really bad out there. It's getting worse. There's going to be a recession. Well, guess what? Because of all those factors that the market is aware of, things are on sale.
1: Buyer strike. That's when
2: things get better, when the market turns around. Now they're like, well, you know, I've got all this cash sitting on the sidelines. I may as well invest it at like, higher. You missed the
1: move. You missed the move now best just to buy right through uh, buy good quality names sure have your advice make sure your advisors properly rotating through and that's what we do we do rotate through the uh, portfolio into value stocks gross stocks momentum stocks dividend they all come in and out of favor and so the name of the game is to try to be at each party with some degree uh so that you can participate in the upside this year uh lar it's amazing um the market got going in 2023 on primarily 10 stocks, and market breadth at the beginning of this new bull market was weak and low. And if you didn't have those 10 stocks, you were not participating. So to be astute and to be able to shift gears and pivot, not so easy. But you shouldn't be pivoting on a financial plan. Um, okay, Laura, we're gonna get to you. Uh, gonna take a quick break, pay some bills around here. Uh, we're gonna talk wealth and estate planning with our specialist, Laura. Right after this.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment. On 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment.
1: There's the hook. Freedom. How about that Freedom 55? You know, it could be done. It was, I think, uh, um, over-marketed, under-explained. You want Freedom 55? You basically it's twenty five years, isn't that what the Wolf Man said? Twenty five years of savings will do the trick, but you got to start at twenty. Uh, so why don't we say Freedom sixty? You start at twenty five and you go for twenty five years, right? Twenty five? No, that'd be Freedom fifty. Uh, so if you start at twenty five at twenty five at thirty on, Freedom fifty five. Let's do that. We're going to start at twenty five, go thirty years in the market, one point six milski. Yeah, that's it. Can you Will you be free with 1.6 in uh, 30 years? I say no. Laura Borbadoikis, our uh, wealth and estate planning specialist, do you believe in uh, 30 years uh, retiring with $1.6 million plus CPP and OAS without the clawback will be enough?
3: Mm, I think it'll be a bit tough. I think, I think very depends. tough. Not enough. I think it depends on your lifestyle, but um, given the way things have increased, uh, I think it'll
1: be tough. Laura, you know what I, I would um, uh, like to remind clients and, and listeners out there? Because uh, I know you're able to do something with financial plans, and that's called Monte Carlo testing. Uh, it's scenario analysis. It's trying to find worst-case scenario by tumbling numbers and seeing if you can survive it. And again, I'm I'm such a rudimentary guy, sometimes rude, I guess, too, uh, but quite simple uh, nonetheless with the way I view money in the world, and that is you need to retire with twice as much as you need. Why? Because every now and then the market goes in half. Accept it; it is the factoid. Uh, what you don't want to do is be shaken out at the bottom or on the on a quick downdraft, because you will regret it. It'll turn, and you'll be left holding the bag, meaning you're going to be out of the market. Market then turns and goes higher. And now you're going to scramble to get back in. Um, it is a way to take a bar of soap and turn it into suds. Uh, and so you have to basically retire with twice as much as you need. Lord, how often have you come across people who, you know, sort of retire? borderline with enough money and then all of a sudden a little change in their spending habits uh, or a radical change in the market and their plan gets thrown out the window. How often have you seen that?
3: Uh, I, I have seen it uh, on occasion where they have taken, let's say, an earlier retirement and then they get unexpected expenses such as roofs that they didn't think would come in. Such as what? In. Roof? A roof. That
1: that'll do that'll the trick. Especially a yeah. cedar. I put a cedar roof on my house, Laura. I couldn't believe... A cedar roof... Okay, it's a nice house and it's pretty big, but not that big. Um, over $100,000 for a cedar roof. I always try to avoid buying a house with cedar on it because I just knew it's so much. But hundred grand, I expected twice out of asphalto. Asphalt roof cost you about, would have cost you about $20,000 or 25000 I think. What do you think it costs cost you to put uh, asphalt shingles in your house, Jack, up in Newmarket? Oh, to $20,000. 15
2: to twenty thousand. Fifteen to twenty for your place That's my guess. But yeah. again, that I should not be my, that yeah. should not be an unexpected expense. If you own a house and you're retired at some point, every twenty years you got to do your your, your roofs, yeah. you got to do soffits, you got to you know do repairs and maintenance on a house if so you want to keep it in good order. But so that so should
1: not be people, that should be part of the plan. It has to be so part of the plan.
3: But fa- so that's where people fa- fail to plan. They, you're right, Jack. Everything you're saying is correct. You should know that every twenty years, but it sort of comes as an unexpected expense. Again, probably where it should have come into the plan. So, you know, these are things that when we do a plan, we take into consideration possible uh, expenses that can come up because they always do, whether it's a health reason and a renovation, whatever, they always come up, uh, which is why we're very conservative when we do our plans.
2: And I was going to say, lifestyle expenses in retirement, I think people underestimate those. From what I see, uh, the plans that we run for clients, some people stick to plans. I'm not saying everyone fails, but uh, one of the big reasons why financial plans don't hold water, so to speak, is because people in their retirement don't stick to the lifestyle expenses that they had. They got all this freedom. They're looking to travel. Lots of discretionary spending, they believe. But you know, uh, if you don't stick to what you have planned in your plan, there, you got to expect things to go offside for you and they go pretty quick, especially if the market goes out of favor as well.
1: I'm going to throw one out there. Let's talk a little bit about inflation because inflation erodes purchasing power and your expenses as you go into retirement are going to go up, even if you don't become lavish just through the concept of inflation. Inflation is back. But uh, I met with a uh, an individual who was in the peanut business. And just, you know, playing around with food prices and, and the likes. I said, by the way, what did you pay for peanuts when you got into this business? Just raw peanuts. And he said, 25 cents a pound. 30 years later, 89 cents a pound. Raw peanuts. Um so prices do rise, even food prices, and you know what I say thirty says thirty to 8, 30 to ninety. That doesn't sound that, 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 like crazy. No, inflation but that's on up peanuts. that's two hundred percent over thirty years. Uh, so that is, you know, that, friends. If you think you're going to spend hundred thousand dollars in retirement over thirty years, that means you need three hundred thousand at the end of that period of time if the price rises as peanuts have. The good news is, got some data on my desk here. Uh since well basically since the last in the last twelve months. Gasoline prices down twenty six percent, airfare down nineteen percent, car and truck rental down twelve, major appliances down eleven, TVs, televisions down ten, and eggs. Eggs down eight. Cheaper eggs. You know what's cheap? I'll tell you what's cheap. I made a beautiful pork roast dinner for my family with my culinary skills from George Bound, And I bought this big monster chunk of meat, pork, $12. I fed my family wonderfully for 12 bucks. If I, if I feed my family chicken, I'm spending probably closer to 20 If I'm serving steak, oh boy, I'm in trouble.
2: Well, pork was one of them that didn't go up quite as much as obviously the, the chicken and the beef. But the, the other point that I would make, Wolf, and we were talking about this on the way over, all those items that you mentioned there are goods. Now we're starting to see services, restaurants, travel, people that you know had discretionary spending, high interest rates, you mentioned about job losses, a little uncertainty out there. People are starting to cut back. The fact is that is what the central banks wanted to happen. They want the economy to slow down because there's too much demand, not enough goods, not enough services, prices were going higher. Now it's becoming back into balance. And if we get a recession, which everyone is calling for, that restores the equilibrium and resets the deck for the next cycle.
1: Okay, Laura, let's go back to um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, financial planning and, and, and proper uh, wealth creation and estate planning um, <laughs> requires commitment. How? What percent of people do you create a financial plan for who actually stick to it?
3: Well, um Maybe 30%.
1: That's maybe a pretty good guess. Percent. I think your guess is pretty accurate, Lara, uh, which means 70% of the people that use, spend countless hours uh, uh, receiving information and going back and forth, 70% don't even stick to the plan. Uh, Lara, I want to pivot over. Okay, so we talked about wealth creation. Um, I do want to g- talk about, the imp- and I'm going to give you about 30 seconds, the importance of Properly selecting the executor for your will, who's going to execute your estate plan when you head off to the happy trading ground in the sky.
3: Yes. So you want to have somebody that is um, responsible, has some knowledge and has time in order to to do this task because uh, sometimes you might have to deal with conflicts um, and there's a lot of information that needs to be taken care of and it's a very long process. It could take many many years in certain cases. Even a very simple uh, settlement uh, could take up to a year.
1: You know, it's funny, the lawyer that you say that because I again I'm, I'm doing this bit of a Netflix binge and I uh, just watched last night um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, I was actually totally, totally drawn into it. And this girl is a, we'll call it a misfit, uh, but she's a genius. Um, But she was a ward of the state. Uh, I guess her parents left her a lot of money, but she has no family left. And so now it is the state that is managing her money for her. And she has to approach the uh, state every time she needs money. And the fellow who's writing the checks ends up being a complete creep and rapes her. And then she, of course, gets revenge. So brilliantly so. Um, But my point is, you have to make sure you line up your people, which means, yes, if you're, when you have a will written, you need to have yourself an executor, and you should have a second executor, not working together, but have backups. Same with your kids. When you decide to create trust inside your will, you need to choose someone who's going to administer that trust. It better be someone you trust who understands the, 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 the responsibility because it's large, and that person can quit. And if they quit and there's no alternative, it'll be, again, handled by the government. I, at that point, I would say, watch the movie, uh, The Girl with the, Golden, with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, so I share all of that with you. Some good stuff on Netflix right now. I'm telling Jack to watch. The other one that uh, I find very compelling is called The Current War. It's all about electrification uh, of North America. Uh, Laura, we bounced around, but you know something? That's all part of financial planning. Uh, indeed it is. Uh, I want to wish you a great weekend. I know you're a very, very astute planner, and I know you're sticking to your plan. Jack sticks to his plan. I stick to my plan, and ultimately... Our plan is to help you have more wealth. Lara. thank you. Friends, thank stay tuned. You. We're going to get right back to Hi-Fi Radio. We're going to speak with our media and telecom analyst, Ari Vinda, uh, perhaps talking a little bit about this very company, Chorus Entertainment. Jack's shaking his head. Don't do that, Wolf. Why not? Stay tuned.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment. On 640 Toronto you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment
1: welcome back have to be looking for my post there dearly mm-hmm. beloved no oh the great little uh Sebastian did a little bit on uh, Prince. you got to find it. Uh, Google it. And he uh, goes through this whole Prince talk. It's so funny. And I he used to walk around the house saying, daily beloved. And he, uh, he wanted to be Prince. Uh, I'm talking about Prince's big motorcycle. And he's on a so, so funny. I don't want to spoil it for you. Just grab it. Sebastian Menesco doing Prince. Uh, indeed, you don't have to be rich. But, you know something? It'd be better if you were don't you think? Well, I can give the money to charity if you don't know what to do with it. Uh, lots of needy causes out there. There's so much homelessness out there. It, it, it breaks my heart. Uh, it truly, truly does. Uh, but kids are working on a golf course, Jack. Golf course backs onto the Humber uh, uh, area. And on the course, right off the edge of the course, two tents built. One with, we said, my son said, one built with a water filtration system in they're collecting rainwater. And Really? For, yeah, yeah. And of course, sure, it's, it's okay in July and August, but uh, November? No. Yep. I know in Rosedale, just down the uh, Don in, in the valley, the Don Valley, I guess it'd be called. Uh, uh, they get relocated, the, the little homeless camps that get set up. Yeah, they come in, the authorities they move them, and they step on the other side of the river and carry on. Uh, it's a tough environment. It's a, it's a cost, cost tough environment,
2: living, and you'd be surprised at how you know difficult things are, even for people that you wouldn't expect that have. I'm going to say, maybe not high incomes, but you know, medium incomes with you know rising rates, rising inflation, cost of living going up. It's it's a challenging time and environment for investors and for just people trying to get through life.
1: You need to live beneath your means. uh, My good friends, it doesn't matter how much you take in, you must live beneath your means. You're not the government. It's the only one who can sort of get away with spending more than they take in precipitously. Uh, But uh, a good balance sheet matters. Um, who knows better than that than our good analyst Ari Vinder-Galipada. Uh, he covers uh, tech, media, telecom, and the likes. Uh, he's been on the show many, many times. But uh, balance sheets matter, uh, right? Being prudent with your cash flow and you know uh, taking in more than you spend, uh, that catches your attention, doesn't it, as an analyst?
4: It does. It does. And I think um, it's... It's it, in a sense it's seasonal. Um, you know, at time and in, and in, in, in and I guess it's in seasons where the market is particularly risk averse you know, the focus really turns to the balance sheet. I mean, you can almost right. run quant models knowing nothing about the business, nothing about the companies. You can just run quant models where you simply invest based on, uh, based on balance sheet leverage and you'll be winning That's interesting. For, for significant phases of time. Really? Uh, obviously, it, it, there are points when, you know, market, the market gets very risk tolerant and that, that model goes away, but right. for significant phases of time, that really works. That's always... You uh, know,
1: it's sort of funny. It's sort of like insurance. Or my dad always said, you don't shut the barn door after the horse left the barn. And again, how many people buy you know, house insurance or, or, uh, get an alarm system after they have been robbed. Uh, same thing when times are good, no one's going to look at the balance sheet, but when times are bad, they're going to look at the balance sheet. And that's when, well, the house of cards can collapse. Jack and I were looking at a chemical stock, two of them, Shamors and, um, uh, and Shamors has a balance sheet problem. And it's clearly stated by multiple analysts and yet the stock is rising. But I say, no, I'm not going to touch his name because if, if the economy slows down as it is, um, that weak balance sheet will cause them a lot of discomfort, perhaps even for sale. Um, You know, it's funny, uh, Arivinda, you know, this very company that I'm broadcasting, Jack was shaking it, don't talk about them. Well, I'm going to talk about them and they can edit this out if they want. But uh, Course Entertainment, they have a decent balance sheet. Uh, Yeah, it has a bit of leverage on it from the television assets that were put on it. But um, when speaking to, you know, potential investors and, you know, people in the know, they're often surprised how, Low the stock has become, how cheap the company has become. And this company does make money. I'm a paying customer of this company. I pay my bills and it does generate cash flow. It generates a decent dividend yield. Um, what's your, if you, if you don't mind, if I may, what's your guess? Like, what is the end game uh, in the uh, in these media companies here in North America? And again, of course, there's no dividend. You know, Bell Canada with quarterly results, I think they have a bit of a beat, but the stock is lower. Rogers doesn't look so good. Tell us making 52 week lows. Like, there's some challenges across the media landscape in Canada
4: yeah so it's it's uh, different factors for media different factors for telecom but mm-hmm. as far as media is concerned I mean they're really the broadcast industry itself is very much up against it uh, what because, is up against it because um, the what has fundamentally changed is that you almost had this cozy arrangement historically media companies and the government or the regulators where the 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 media companies agreed that they would take on certain amounts of Canadian content and accept certain levels of, I would say, almost elevated regulatory obligations Mm -hmm. in return. The CRTC and the regulators in general would not allow any foreign competition. So you had that. I'll help you out. Uh, you help us. But what's happened is with digital, yeah. with you know, with YouTube, with uh, with streaming, mm-hmm. that arrangement breaks down because the uh, the the Canadian regulator does not touch those uh, platforms at least not until they're
1: global platforms. That's just it.
4: Exactly. So the those what you call those wall Canadian wall gardens come down, ah. and the but on the other hand, as you understand, the regulatory framework does not change as quickly as the, those market realities, and in the meantime, the the media company gets crushed, and that's really what's been. Uh, Happening, so it's the, the structural, obviously the natural structural pressure that you know about. You know, streaming taking substantial portion of uh, of viewing away from traditional broadcasting.
1: You, you know, you know, what catches my attention as well. But is, is the market itself like the market is a pretty darn smart organism, and it's a living, breathing organism. It's the collective unconscious of all investors and all participants going long, going short, staying out. Um, and when the market likes something. It likes it and takes it higher to extreme levels. And when the market doesn't like something, it doesn't like it. And no matter what you do, financials are hated. Media stocks are hated. And no matter how much money they make, how much dividends they pay you, the market doesn't care. Uh, so uh, how, how does that play out? Uh, again, based on your experience, are you been to a catalyst to turn the tide? What usually turns the tide on these secular declining uh, shares?
4: Yeah, so two things. Um, One you touched on, which is balance sheet. The other one is strategy. So if, generally speaking, if you try to push against the tide, which is, I think, unfortunately, what appears to me that Chorus is trying to do, where you're trying to invest deeper and deeper into the existing business, uh, maybe try and buy large swaths of programming from the U.S., um, that generally is a strategy that does not yield great results. Um, Returning more and more shareholders, uh, more money to shareholders, trying to maybe divest pieces of the business and show up the balance sheet and give yourself, you know, build those sandbags, that's what works. So I'll give you, you know, a similar example from our own space is Yellow Pages. Not that it's done exceptionally well, but... One of the top performing stocks of 2019, and I really? the stock was five dollars. And it's it's still, it's, it's, it you know, what it, it, you had a change in CEO, and the new guy essentially came and said, Look, uh, I recognize what this is, there's no point investing in this, I'm gonna actually harvest it out. So, all he mm. just took an axe and started cutting costs and just maintained uh, sort of the, the bare bones and what. Sometimes surprises you is how much cash flow is left in these traditional businesses. Large, right? Large declined. cash. Large. So as that accumulates, uh, Yellow Pages ended up with a massive swath of cash. They did a hundred million dollar buyback, increased their div started a dividend, increased the dividend, and still sits on a substantial net cash position. Uh, and you know, as you can understand, Yellow Pages is a far more structurally challenged business oh, than broadcasting. Without question. So to to answer your question, I mean, that's a great example of turning it around. On the other hand, you have to perhaps get into an adjacent business. I mean, even if you think about one of the most successful companies in my space, Thomson Reuters, used to be in newspapers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, right, that's right. So, you know, you you that's have to jump into a business that that's adjacent but not too adjacent right and uh, and I, I although you know the final chapter hasn't been written yet i mean i like what transcontinental is trying to do right you know it, it tried to go the digital route realize it doesn't work and then got into packaging right it's keeping the it's, it's kept the company in in decent shape so that's right that,
1: GTC, gtc transcontinental is an old printing company correct
4: it is, it is. But right. it's it's almost fifty fifty now packaging and, and printing. Wow.
1: So do do you think private equity steps in and
4: buys course? It the, the metrics are certainly compelling, but there is the the, the, the slight problem of of dual, of a dual class capital structure and the ownership by the Shaw family that hasn't changed. So Yeah, but the ownership of
1: of, of course by the Shaw family is, is is only what is it five or ten percent? It's not it's not that much, is it?
4: Uh, but the, con- it, the the voting control is with them, so I think. Right, of course, they,
1: they got the vote. Yeah,
4: yeah. So it cannot happen without it. it uh, private equity wouldn't put money into it un- unless. Of they course, get they got control.
1: rid of that. Best thing Mag never did was getting rid of that dual voting for the share structure. But every media company, I think Telus uh, uh, tel- is the exception. Telus never had a dual for the dual uh, share class. Um, Kojiko not Koguco, um Quebecor. They 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 would have dual as well, right?
4: Yeah, any any company that's family owned generally has, uh, well, not always, but most of the time, Thompson doesn't. In this day and Uh, age, a new
1: company launching new because you know. at some point it was by a person and that person had a family you could say it's a family-run business maybe with a friend but uh yeah
2: but some of the mega cap us names too have multiple voting yeah, google too, does so, doesn't so, it yeah, it's, it's not Binder? unique to canada
1: yeah but again in this day and age i don't think the the market is as willing to accept dual share class as they were they back don't, in the they 50s don't like it, but what, the what founders... do you think Ari were they like how would the market take a new dual share class company if it's ipoing today
4: Look, that, that it is a drag um, sometimes. Whether you know, again, it's the season. You know, in a season where the market's huh. focused on growth, it's focused on all the shiny aspects of right. the, uh, the product or where the business can go. It it tends to overlook that. But my experience covering a lot of these dual class capital structure companies, that it 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 almost deserves a discount from. I agree. Investors don't business.
2: like it, but they'll accept it if it's a great business. And a lot of the and a lot of the and a lot of the founder led companies, you you actually want the founder to maintain control so they can continue to direct the ship.
4: It is true, but I think net-net, my experience is that it, it hurts. Long, in the I long agree with Bender 100%. Is, and, and it helps. I'll give you one very recent example from our space, which is Kojiko. The stock is at $64. Um, it's wow. a good business, mm-hmm. but it's down from, you know, it used to be in the hundreds last year, mm-hmm. over $100. Uh, at $99, Rogers made a bid, what I felt was, you know, was uh, of, I think $135 to the the board. They didn't even want to meet with the company. It went up to a 150. There was no discussion. It was rejected either the day off or the day after. Wow. It was evident to us on the street that that 150 number can go up dramatically, but there was no conversation. So it's a $99 stock with a minimum premium of 50, potentially more, it could be in 60, 70, 80, we don't know. Um, and uh, and uh, you know, for, I suspect for 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 various family reasons. I mean, it it didn't it didn't, uh, it didn't uh, they didn't want to go down that route. But to public shareholders, that's a huge disappointment. You're back at 64. So I mean, that's an example of of suboptimal deci- like, you know decisions that are made. Uh, that are, you know, not optimal for public shareholders.
3: Yeah, I
1: wonder if there's liability there. There's always liability to the board for not accepting it, Hey eh, Arivinder? Look, we're going to take a quick break, uh, pay some bills around here, and uh, get right back to Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. Jack Hartle, portfolio manager by my side, Arivinder Gallipata. He's a media and telecom analyst with Canaccord, very, very seasoned, and uh, lots of insight into Canadian business. Stay tuned.
0: Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
3: I've looked at clouds from both sides now.
1: So beautiful little Joni Mitchell for you yep, both sides now so we try to do look at the bull and the bear case what do you like about it what don't you like about it and you have to make a decision buy it or move on what we do, Jack and I, and, uh, well, we got some good partners to help us, uh, make those decisions. Uh, Ari Vinda, it's our media telecom analyst, uh, Kanik Gordon. Uh, he brought us all together about a month ago. And so guys stay away from telecom media, not much going on, maybe slower prices and good call dude. Uh, yeah. Tell us making a 52 week low, uh, Bell, not looking very good. Uh, Bell just reported results this week. Uh, Ari Vinda, uh, what did you see in their results and why is the stock, uh, trading, uh, trading off?
4: Well, I think um, it's, it's the first thing to consider is obviously the rates. As you can see, the rates are ticking up. You know, everyone knows
1: interest rates. You mean?
4: Well, yeah. Bell is a bond proxy, and uh, so you know, rates ticking up is is never good. Uh, there was nothing particularly wrong with the results, but uh, it is. You know, I think there's a general consensus that. Uh, it is tracking towards the lower end of uh, guidance for the year, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, look—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's tough business because you, when you look at the construct of Bell's business model, it's wireline, call it fifty. You know, 50%, fifty percent, little lower fifty percent of the business, wireless is forty, and the rest is uh, forty plus, and then the rest is media. Media
1: is so small. Radio is even smaller. Radio is puny in the grand yeah. schemes. It's so small. It's so so small. It's just uh, frightening. Uh, but but I want to ask you in terms of valuations, friends at home, stay with me on this. I'm going to uh, twist you a little bit with your with some mathematics. Nothing too complicated. But um, uh, Bell trades at about seventeen times earnings. Uh, so if the company makes what I don't know four bucks, uh, multiply seventeen times that—that's about I guess what it's estimated to make. You got about just under a $55 stock, uh, and I know my math's pretty close on that one. But I, I think some of some of the telecom companies in the United States are trading below 10 times earnings. Uh, Verizon, AT&T—I think at and is actually trading the six or seven times. And you know, what blows me away those companies. My friends at home, boys and girls, have 100 million plus customers. Wait a minute—that sounds like three Canadas in one company. It does, it, it, astounding, isn't it, Arivinda?
4: So why so cheap? It's- it is. I mean, the US, uh, the U.S. valuations, U.S. telco valuations, if you kind of go head-to-head, big three U.S. versus big three Canada, that gap has opened up to almost historically unseen uh, levels. Which means the Canadian market could come and see those levels, which would cut the stocks in half further. Do you think it happens? It, it could, the, the spread could uh, narrow from here. The, the, the reason is, I mean, there are fundamental reasons why, you know, the Canadians do better because they're, 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 they're generally more defensive names. I mean, if you look at the volatility of at and and Verizon, you almost wonder whether they're actually defensive sectors. It's, it's hit by various things that very rarely Canadian telcos face. If you think about this most recent news about lead sheep uh, uh, cables. The I heard issue. about that. Yeah. Where was it? They had
1: some lead pipe. Who, who, which which company had some lead pipe underground that they had to deal with?
4: Well, I mean, all the telcos do. Uh-huh. at and does, Verizon does, I mean, to a very, very small degree. Are they leeched in lead? lead? It, it's, yeah. So this is, I mean, this stopped in the 60s. It's a very old issue. Uh, but... Uh, but you know Wall Street Journal wrote it up and it created uh, huge problems and then, you know dove the stocks drove the stocks down even uh, even further um so i mean you know 2 months ago there was this news about potentially amazon uh, you know offering their own wireless plans uh, with dish
1: and, 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 and Tesla that, with a phone
4: yeah <laughs> how about a tesla phone yeah i know i heard that i don't i don't know if that's that's how credible that is. But
1: well, Twitter's think, now X. Anything's possible.
4: I guess so. But, yeah, I mean, the point is that the uh, U.S. seems to go through a lot more volatility. And, also, and the, the, one of the central points is that US, in the U.S., wireless penetration is at, you know, is at a very mature level. There's no more space for volume growth in the U.S., whereas in Canada, immigration is, is really... You know, driving volume growth again. So there are reasons for the gap, but nonetheless, the gap is greater than it's ever been. And I think unjustified uh, when you actually consider how sharp it is, as you pointed out in the PE multiples and when you look at free cash flow. You,
1: you know, uh, I, I, penetration, you know, what came to my mind, Aryvinda. We had, um, uh, I think, someone on from Covenant House. Uh, and it's incredible, but out of necessity, homeless people, some homeless people have cell phones. Uh, that, that You talk about penetration, they penetrated the market. Uh, yes, I, I understand. No, I'm, not, I'm not being facetious. I'm being factual here. Uh, yes, I understand immigration. And uh, what is the immigration policy in Canada? How, how many immigrants are, are we going to receive next year? I think about 500,000? Well, I thought it was a million yeah. or something. But, anyways, yeah.
2: it, you can actually see with the telecoms. I think Rogers most recently, additions uh, tracking immigration because as you come in and a new immigrant, you know, you got to find shelter and you got to find
1: bank, you bank account, for. shelter, credit card. Yep, yeah. yep.
2: The other name that you cover, Arvinder, uh obviously COVID impacted it dramatically, uh Cineplex. So you've got Oppenheimer right now, Barbie, Ryder Strike. What what's your view on Cineplex and then the IMAX as well?
4: Yeah, so what we've uh, uh, said is that I mean, on one hand, it's it's a kind of a dual edged story because on one hand the box office is coming back perhaps even better than a lot of people thought if you look at july we're back to pre-pandemic levels of box office
1: oh uh, they did we did we, it that's yeah, good that's good
4: absolutely we were tracking not
1: going, that going that to action. work yet but we're going to the movies that's good because let start baby steps <laughs> exactly i wonder if people wearing their masks in the cars they drive by themselves to the movie i love that move <laughs> do you do that ervin do you drive around by yourself with a mask on
4: i do not oh, but man. i've seen that happen yeah
1: haven't we all like, well what's with that no, features on here entitled to it.
4: But. Yeah, so you know you have the the strength of the box office on one hand. On the other hand, the the risk of uh, maybe some of these movies being you know pushed out too far because of uh, the strikes, the writer's strikes, and the, the screen actors guild strike. So you know the reason that the and being that's a one well, two punch.
1: By the way, that strike is going to get extended according to last week's guest, Martin Katz, who's a producer of film. So it's going to be worse, not better. Um,
4: yeah, and that's the risk. But a lot of people that were looking at Cineplex historically would have said, I don't know if this business comes back yeah. in the way that it was. So and We have there, proof that it has, obviously. It, yeah, so but the strike it, doesn't help it. There's no, it doesn't help it, but no. I, would say, I would see the strike as a transient problem. It may be I a agreed, problem but, for a while. But but
1: but but but, into, this is also where balance sheet comes into the equation. Can the company sustain a writer's strike? I.e., Is its balance sheet enough to support it? I, I think a few months, yes, but it couldn't get extended a few years because that balance sheet became Extended, did it not?
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is extended because of uh, because of uh, COVID, right? I mean, they had right. to, to raise money to to you know, keep the company running yep. during, during COVID. So that's why they have a bit of an elevated balance sheet, but they have been paying down debt. Good. And uh, it's, I, I, and Cineplex is a diversified business. They have a lot of assets. If I, I don't think they're going in this direction, but if push comes to shove, there are assets that uh, they can sell. And the other surprising uh, factor on the positive side is that, uh, you know, the rec room the leisure segment of the business is actually doing really well, um, the rec room, for example, is is you know attendance levels and revenues are almost fifty percent above pre pandemic levels, um, and and that's quite meaningful as well. So that, that post pandemic surge is still helping the business.
1: Are you going to go see Ken and Barbie there? You're you're like a Ken kind of a guy. You got like you look like a Ken Jack. You got that Ken look.
4: I think
2: I'll maybe go to Oppenheimer and send the girls to Barbie. So. Oh, yeah? My daughter. My
1: daughter loved it. She said it was amazing. Oh, really? Yep. You know, Ari Vinda. I'll tell you. You know, my daughter and Jack's wife uh, seems to be on the leading edge of change and what's hot. And uh, I said, Jack, you gotta pay, pay attention. to some new running shoes on on the market called On or On On. I think it's just called On. He said, Never heard of them. I said, Watch. And then he got home, went home, and looked at his front doorstep, and there was a pair of those running shoes. <laughs> Came back and laughed. But uh, and that stock's been working very, very well. The other one is um, Elf. We we're watching Ultra Beauty, but then my, I said to my daughter, I said, do you know Ultra Beauty? She goes, not really. Uh, she said, but uh, I do like Elf. She said, it's hot. It's always sold out. And uh, that company reported results this week and stock popped 20%. So it's a Peter Lynch move. Uh, pay attention to the youth. Um, they can give you some really, really good cues as to hot trends. And again, you know, uh, Vinda, how about this in China, the Chinese authorities are now looking at putting a ban on cell phone use amongst the youth. What do you think of that?
4: Wow. Well, that's going to take some, uh, you know, implementation. I'm going to say
2: good luck taking it away that from the kids. Good, good luck. There you
1: go, Jack. There you go. I agree. My daughter, she loses it when I want to take her phone away for five minutes. Don't touch my phone. Like, there's all this secret stuff. It just give me the darn thing. She won't give it to us. She'll put it down. It's brutal. Uh, absolutely brutal how addicted people are to their phones um i never expected such a phenomena uh from a cell phone did you
4: um no i mean it's it's uh you know it's 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 it's, it's crazy uh, Isn't how, it? how much the functionality i mean can you i mean think about the amount of apps that are loaded to our phones we can't even find our way back to, way to the next store if we don't have it anymore <laughs> i mean it's just uh it, in all aspects, it's 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 so dominant. And uh, uh, I was actually just watching an old uh, uh, interview with uh, Ted Rogers. I mean, it's 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 funny how you know it, it wasn't apparent even then.
1: Have a great weekend, my friends. Ari our media telecom analyst. I cannot thank you enough uh, for your time. Um, you get caught up on your media. Uh, I'm going to do the same. Friends at home, have a great weekend. Love you.
0: You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardill, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week.